this is episode 7, season 3 of Going Beyond Salvation, and this is your host, Jess Robinson. And we are continuing on in the book of Deuteronomy. And in that book, where we're at, um, essentially, he's Moses is just kind of going over things again, but... Just little things pop up here and there that, you know, you just sometimes don't catch in the other books and and all of that. And so he talks about Tithe and we've been talking about, we've talked about Tithe and, you know, talking about the year of canceling debts and, and we see in this, what kind of really stood out for me was in in chapter 15 in verse 10 it says give generously to him who does so without a grudging heart then because of this the lord your god will bless you in all your work and everything you put your hand to and so you know it's essentially you know talking about you know giving back or giving to the poor and but we can also apply that with tithing we can apply that with giving um you know, people just see, sometimes see tithing as an obligation. And, you know, when you think about it, you want to be careful, you know, with where your heart is at when you're giving, especially when you're giving tithe. You know, don't do so with a grudging heart. Because when you think about the Lord, you know, with salvation, we didn't deserve salvation. We didn't deserve you know, what Jesus went through for us, you know, we didn't deserve any of it, but God gives it to us freely. And there's this one song from Bethel, it's called Forgiven. And it says, you know, you know, it it talks about, you know, this forgiveness that's been lavishly laid on us or given to us. It's not like he tossed it in begrudgingly and said, here you go. He lavishly, you know, covers us with forgiveness. And so when you think about giving back to the Lord, when you're giving to people, you know, giving to the poor, giving to missions, it should be, your heart should be in the right place. And, you know, or especially when you're serving in in a role in, in the church, you should, you know, keep your heart in check. Why are you serving that role? You know, why are you in that role? And, you know, if you are having really, you know, obligate, you know, it feels like an obligation to you more than, you know, an opportunity, your heart really isn't in the right place you need to like step away and, and serve in an area where your heart is, is compassionate about and, and all of that. And so I just really, um, that really stood out to me and, and that, you know, when we're giving, you know, we give generously and without a grudging heart, you know, if the Lord has told you to 
you know, especially what, what they call like with pay it forward where, you know, you end up paying, you know, for your coffee, but you also pay for the person behind you for their coffee. And it just keeps happening. You know, those and and your heart just feels like, you know, I should be doing this today. You know, that's usually the Lord's prompting and, and all of that to do something like that. Or, you know, like, especially like right now with the whole COVID-19 thing going on, there's just a lot of people that are out in the front line. But like, even for me in my heart today, it was like, the Lord really just put some people on my heart that people really wouldn't think are, you know, essential workers. And, you know, they're still working, you know, they're just working behind locked doors. Because it's it's a system that still has to continue to run, even though um, everything is shut down, you know. And, you know, the Lord laid them on my heart today. And it was like, wow, you know, for what they're having to go through. And, and they're having to, you know, really figure everything out. So it's like, you know, when your heart is generous and it and ends up, you know being filled with kindness and love toward and compassion towards somebody to give to them and, and even to tie to the Lord or serve in a ministry, you know, with a thankful heart, you know, that's, that's going to bring blessings. It's going to bring, you know, like I, I know one person that serves in, you know, evangelism and, you know, it's a stress with raising money to go over there as a stress to, you know, get the tickets and get through because they're going in, into a country where, you know, Christianity is closed, but they, they go in under this different kind of guise. But like they said, as soon as they start doing all their, their campaigns and all of that, their ministry, you know, their evangelism and stuff, they, they feel like it's on, they're on vacation, you know? Everything that happened before that is just nothing. You know, it just feels like a vacation when they're out there. And they come back refreshed and and ready to, you know, and on fire to go do it again. So, I mean, that's just something we need to really check with our hearts. And so, you know, and when we look at, you know, I think I'm just going to jump into the book of Luke. When we kind of see these these different interactions Jesus has with, you know, the religious leaders, especially the Pharisees, you know, um, you know, cause we see in, in the calling of Levi, Levi is, um, another name for Matthew. Um, and he's, he's taken away from this tax collector's booth which in that time, you know, was kind of a slap in the face because they were not highly looked upon um, for them to be in the tax collector's booth because we can tell Matthew was Jewish and that he was in this tax collector's booth. It was kind of a slap to the face to um, the Jewish people. They did not like them, but Jesus picks him. And Levi you know, out of, you know, the, you know, acceptance he gets, he ends up inviting all of his friends who were sinners because he had nobody else. And Jesus is there. 
And when you think about it, you know, Jesus isn't in with the Pharisees. He's not bringing up all of this, you know, religious debate. He's out there with the sinners, being friends with them. And no, he's not following and and condoning what they do, but he's there interacting with them and bringing healing to their lives. And, you know, it, it says something to us that, you know, like, it's just hard for me because some of my biggest opposition actually is, is people in another denomination who have, and I'm not going to say which denominations they are, but, um, you know, they're in an, in these denominations where they have hardened their hearts, they've gotten very, um, they're not spirit filled. They're very, it's work oriented almost. And, you know, this whole time they're, they're trying to bring up these religious debates. And it's like, that's just not what I'm here for. I'm here for reaching the people. Yes, I will stand my for my faith and explain what I believe. And that's what we're supposed to do. We can explain our our faith and, and, and make a defense of our faith. But at the same time, we're also called to go out to the people and that are lost and be with them. It it doesn't mean that we go and party with them and drink with them and do drugs with them and condone their actions, you know, that they live by. And it's, but you still, you know, interact with them. You know, there's nothing wrong with going and having coffee with somebody who isn't, you know, doesn't know Jesus, you know, and, and sitting there and chatting away with them. You know, that's how you, you get started. You know, that's, you know, I, I liked how one, um, there was a book I was reading about with evangelism and it was talking about you grill with the people, you know, and then the doors will start to open as, as you get to know each other, you know, and you look at some of the evangelism techniques that happen that used to happen where doors used to be, you know, different denominations, different religions would knock on, on the door and evangelize. That's not how it is anymore. It's more, you know, personal because people are so detached. They're not trustworthy of people that, you know, and I'm that way too. If somebody's knocking on my door that I don't know, I'm going to be very cautious when I open up that door, wondering, you know, what their intentions are, you know. And so, but we see that his, his actions, Jesus's actions are, are criticized, you know, and, and then we also see with, you know, question about fasting and the Lord of the Sabbath. And we see that in there and, you know, it just, it was, it just really struck me how you see, and I think, you know, and I know, you know, looking in the history of the Pharisees and, um, and for probably some of these, these Pharisees, you know, not all of them were bad, you know, but a lot of them, they just had lost, you know, they allowed, 
you know, religion more, more than relationship into their life is how I would like determine they, they had gotten to the point there was all these traditions and they were making it equal to the law of God and they're just, their heart wasn't there, you know, and, and everything I think was just at this point, I, I think they were seeing it as an obligation and their heart wasn't there, you know, and because of that, of their heart, they were actually dragging people down, you know, and, and even though they were middle class and more relatable than, than the Sanhedrin, um, or not the Sanhedrin, the Sadducees, because Sanhedrin had both Sadducees and, and Pharisees, even though they were more relatable, I think they lost their way. You know, they were losing touch of, you know, who God was and, and his, you know, just having a relationship with him. And it was just more, you know, tradition. And they, their hearts were not there. And, you know, just that's kind of an ex- a, a huge example of that we should not follow and and all of that and then um just kind of continuing on the Luke there's the the calling of the 12 apostles and it was interesting to see that that Jesus spent the whole night praying to God and as I was reading one commentary when you think about it or what he was doing most of the day it was probably the only time that he had to pray to God and you know somebody had brought up in one of our women's bible studies that you know there's a lot of times the Lord gets their attention at night you know because they're so busy during the day with work and then coming home and 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 taking care of the small things that the Lord kept catches their attention at night and they get more close to the Lord at night. And even though they lose sleep over it, you know, they wouldn't trade it for anything. And so I wanted to point that out. And then, then um, he, Luke goes over the blessings and woes, which they're pretty much the blessings that are the same as um, it corresponds with the Beatitudes. And, um, but he also adds woes, which is in, into this, into this section. And so, you know, that's essentially with, um, Luke. And the final thing that I do want to point out is in Psalm 43 that we read. And it's kind of like, as I said you know, when you look at Psalms, when you look at the Bible, you know, there wasn't chapters and verses. There wasn't the little special, special headings like, you know, in my Bible, there's, you know, in chapter six of Luke, there's Lord of the Sabbath. And then you get to past verse 11 and it goes off into another section is the 12 apostles. That's not how it was originally. Um, it was just this one big old scroll. 
And so we look at Psalm 43 and we see that it, it's, you know, pretty much attached to Psalm 42. And, you know, we talk about with Psalm 42 that sometimes, pro you know, when we're hungering after God, seeking after him, that we might see delay. And we see in this one about, you know, in this one about that the enemy, it just seems like the enemy is, is winning. And it's kind of going back to Psalm 37, but, you know, we just have to draw near. You know, we have to draw near to the Lord, even though we feel like, you know, God isn't hearing our prayers, even though we feel like the enemy is winning. That's not true because God is, is the victor. He hears us. He's there with us. And that's just something that we need to cling on to in, in this promise and in this lifetime, always, that no matter what we're going through, God is there with us and and that we can draw near to him. And so that's pretty much what I wanted to talk about with Psalm 43 and and so the and for this podcast. And so for the next episode, we're gonna go through Deuteronomy chapter 16, verse 18, through chapter 19, verse 14. And then we're going to go um, start reading Psalm 44, verses 1 through 8, and then Proverbs 8, uh, verses 17 through 21. And then we're going to finish up Luke chapter 6, verses 27 through 49. And so uh, that's pretty much essentially it for the podcast. I want to just thank you for listening in. I'm going to end us off in a prayer and um, just have a great week, you guys, and continue on. And so, Lord, we just thank you, God, for your love, Lord, that you lavishly give us, Lord God, and that, Lord, we just thank you for your heart, that even though we don't deserve this salvation, Lord, your heart is filled with love and mercy and compassion and grace. And Lord, I pray, God, that we would just grasp onto that, Lord. And I pray our hearts would uh, just become more like you, Lord God, every single day. And that, Lord, that you would just help us to have compassionate and giving and generous hearts, Lord God. Lord, just open up our eyes to places where we can give, where you want us to give. Lord, and, and what you want us to do. And Lord, I pray that we would not be religious, Lord, but Lord, our our actions would just be, you know, exemplifying our love for you and the relationship and, and showing that how you have changed us, Lord God, and that we just thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do and glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.